Well, today we're back with our Halloween series retrospective. Reviewing Halloween 2 today, not the Rob Zombie Halloween 2, Nick. I hope you watched the right movie this time. Why are you looking at me like that? Did you did you watch the wrong movie? Did it again? have Ta- uh, Compton Taylor Joy or whatever her name was? Did you watch a movie with a damn white horse? Is that what you watched? Yes. Oh my goodness. Was there no white horse? Folks, we're going to have to pause and come back in two hours <laughs> so Nick can watch the damn movie. Again, it's called Halloween 2. I figure people want the more recent ones. All right, Nick's messing with me because I see his notes here and it <laughs> clearly has Halloween 2 notes from the one we're, we're looking at. So we're good to go there. So yeah, anyways, uh, Halloween 2 came out three years after Halloween 1. Yeah, and by this time, um, Jamie Lee Curtis had cut her hair short, so she has to wear a wig in this movie. Yeah, well... And not a good wig. A very yeah. noticeably bad wig. <laughs> well, then again, Jamie Lee Curtis got to wear a wig in all of her movies nowadays. She likes to keep her hair short. That's true. Yeah. She's wearing a wig in the new movies, right? The new yep. movies, right? Okay. Except those are much better looking. Because they're like old woman wigs. They're like old gray hair wigs. So. Careful. She she dated a man from Wu-Tai. Who? What? What? She dated a man Hutai? from Hutai and Hutai? taught her Tai Chi. Hutai? Hutai. Who'd that be? I don't know. All right. Well, um, but it sounds like he can probably kick my ass, so I'm going to well, sit back he, off that. He can't. If you haven't seen the movie, the not the movie, the if you haven't seen the show Scream Queens, I suggest you watch it because that kind of shows that she will beat the living hell out of you. Maybe she will, but I'll fight back because evil dies tonight. No, don't. I just want to read. I just want to say evil. I just want to say that, so. Speaking of Evil Dies Tonight... I was tonight, looking for a way to interject that into the, the podcast. So. Speaking of Evil Dies Tonight, uh, quick side note, you may, j- just because I feel like it, the only downside about Violent Night was when John Leguizamo says, Christmas dies tonight, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. That's a good nod, to, <laughs> or, or bad nod to Halloween ends, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just like, the, the, the movie's so good, why did you have to ruin it? <laughs> With that one line, right before the f- climax of the movie, nonetheless. Right. Well, <clears throat> I'll be checking that movie out for uh, soon for sure. So, anyways, Halloween two, nineteen eighty one, directed by uh, Rick Rosenthal. Although John Carpenter didn't like the original cut of it, so he went back in and did his own directing of it, <clears throat> adding some some of the death scenes added uh, in reshoots and you know trying to make it beef it up more the. The interesting thing about this movie is that the original Halloween was very light on gore. Right. It was very light on kills, blood, all that. And when that came out, a series of copycats came out, like Friday the 13th and all those early 80s slasher movies. And the difference was those movies had a lot of blood in them. So by the time this part two came out, the horror genre changed. And that was all about blood and gore. And this movie now kind of rips off Friday the 13th now with like making more of a traditional bloody gory slasher going away from the the suspense with the first movie and welcoming Michael Myers as like a kill 10 people type of slasher. Yeah, but he he still takes his time. He's more he's still more methodical than the other slashers. Oh, you, you can't rush Michael. No, no, he's he's painting his masterpiece slowly, you know, with a slow brush. So. Right. Speaking of Michael, why does his walk in this one look so weird compared to the previous? So, although this is the same mask from the first movie, which, interesting enough, the it looks like a different mask because the way it just 
it fits on the guy's head differently. Yeah, because the guy's, uh, from what I understand, the guy was a little bit bigger than the original actor. Not to mention the original actor, I've heard, for the, almost those whole three years, kept the mask in his pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, give credibility for the herb. Give them props for using the same mask. It does look like it's a little bit odd <laughs> over the guy's head. Now, I can't figure out. I've never read or found out why the original Michael Myers actor, Nick Castle, didn't come back for the second one. Because you would think it would make sense to like, bring back the same Michael. But I don't know if he was doing other things or what. But the reason why the walk is so weird because it's a whole new actor who wanted to put his twist on it. And he turned Michael Myers into a damn robot. So. Right. I mean... Robot, he's slow as hell because I remember Michael in the first one being a little bit faster than that. Like he could actually catch up to somebody, whereas this time it's like, yeah, I'll catch up to you when I can. The Mike Myers <laughs> in the first one had a fluid, normal walk, basically. Right. It felt like a normal person walking. This guy feels like he's like in a consistent like military formation or something. He's just like very robotic and very slow. Like yeah. if you get caught by this Michael Myers... You got some issues, right? If there's a chase scene, he catches you. You're just, you're just, you're just messing up, man. Yeah, that's why they didn't do any chase scenes in this one. Well, they did at the around the end, but yeah. And, and what, what happened? She got away pretty easily, so <laughs> she got such a head start on his ass that so he's like way, way back there. Though but... somehow he ended up behind her in the parking lot. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. I guess he went out the back door. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that, but um, yeah, we got robotic Michael. Not the same actor. Um, but all that said, for three years later, it feels like the same night. So they do a, g- a great job of picking up exactly where the first one left off. You can kind of watch both movies back-to-back as one thing. I mean, there's a different score. You have different music. And like I said, you have a whole different Michael, but Loomis still seems exactly the same. And Yeah, and, Lor- and Lori still seems as bland as ever. Well, she's barely in the damn movie. Like, <laughs> this is almost like a damn cameo for her. Like, I don't understand. Like, it was a weird decision to be like, all right, we're going to put her in the hospital and barely show her in the movie. And, like, we'll get to her at the end. But it's almost like. So, as much as I actually do enjoy this movie compared to Kills, you know, a lot of people had that same problem with Kills. She was barely in the movie. She felt like a cameo in her own movie. And she was in the hospital the whole time. It's kind of the same thing with this one, but everyone likes this one. Well, the difference is this one has Loomis and Kills has... Um, Tommy Jarvis? Not Tom. It's so funny. <laughs> I was going to say that too, but that's not, the, that's not the guy. That's fucking Friday 13th. I know. Tommy Doyle. That's it. So in comparison for Loomis and the sheriff going around versus, he will die tonight, I'm taking this one every day of the week. So Loomis is, st- Loomis is the main character of the first one to me, and he's the main character here. So these, these first two are the Loomis movies, and then the new trilogy is, I guess, the Jamie Lee Curtis trilogy. Because she became a big star, they conflated, confused, in my opinion, they confused that she was like the main character. But she's just there through circumstance. I mean, I don't think she's the main character per se. But um, yeah, so we barely get Jamie Lee Curtis, but let's talk about Michael walking on water. <laughs> As he floats off the balcony after being shot six times. What the hell was that? So what had happened was, is first, Loomis shoots him six times. And I shot him six times! And, and then, Six times I shot him! And then I'm guessing Tommy Doyle's parents love uh, doing tricks off of their balcony. Because I'm assuming there's a ramp 
on their balcony that they're using <laughs> that they take a skateboard. Is there and a just, swimming pool below or something like? No, there isn't. And there isn't. So I'm assuming they're just taking a skateboard, going off the ramp or biking, <laughs> going off the ramp, doing tricks because they're actually got some air. <laughs> And then, and that's why they're not in this movie because they broke their damn legs. Because I don't even think you see them in the previous movie, she except for like kind of a side glance. I see why John Carver took over. I mean, who who filmed this damn scene and didn't think it looked ridiculous that he's walking off the plat off the ramp like on air, basically? Like, what the hell, man? Uh, I'm assuming Michael's actually played by Jesus in this movie. I think so, because clearly. By getting shot six times and getting up, we're now in the territory where is he human or is he not human? Apparently not. If he's able to just walk backwards and end up on top of the balcony awning thing. Well, it's funny. Like you could say the the story of the movie is that Michael goes to the hospital to finish the job with Lori. Right. What if he's going to the hospital? To get his wounds like taken care of, though he's like, "Shit, I've been shot six times. I well, gotta get to the hospital." Well, the problem, the only what, problem what with if that, his plan is to kill Lori <clears throat> and then to check himself into a room. <laughs> well, the problem with that is, you know, he kind of kills the entire hospital staff. He can't get looked at when the entire hospital staff is dead. Michael doesn't have a good survival instinct because I'm thinking, <laughs> at a certain point, he's gotta be thinking, you know, I gotta get these wounds fixed, right? Like they're not gonna heal by themselves unless he has, unless he's a magical wizard, which apparently is. So. Well, and that's funny because when he does get hit by those bullets, yeah, he can feel them. Otherwise, he wouldn't be going backwards. He wouldn't oh. be. He, yeah, he's not letting out grunts, but he's let he's letting out some body acting that looks like pain. Oh, by the way, what is it? What, what do they say in Hunter? If it bleeds, we can kill it. So if he's bleeding, he's clearly human. So just allegedly. Well, we don't know if it's blood coming out of him though. Maybe it's like some kind of magic potion or some shit. It's so. black. It's black ooze. It, it's Ivan oozes ooze. Well. First things first for Michael, he has to find a knife. So he's gonna go over to this this, uh, this old couple's house, who are just well, one of them is making the other one a sandwich. Yes. And while you're using a, I'm guessing that this carving knife that she was using was for the ham. It looks like, because I'm sitting there thinking a ham sandwich. Man. I'm just thinking, do you really need that? thick block of ham that you need a carving knife for. It was very convenient for Michael to not have to look at the drawers for a big knife. He just sitting there right there on the chopping board for him. And then pieced right out of there. It's a very cool <laughs> shot. Now I just dissed the director. Now I'm going to bring up a really cool <clears throat> shot of all three of them. The guy sitting down, her, and then Michael in the background. And so, Michael's just like, don't turn around. <laughs> it's a beautiful shot. Now, a lot of people online have asked the question, why didn't Michael kill this old couple? I think Michael doesn't, because he he's very choosy with who he kills. Yeah, but he's not a random killer per se. Well, at least not not in this one, not in these first two. Yeah, well, I mean, he wants to kill her, but he wants to kill a young teenage girl. <laughs> he doesn't care about killing this old couple. Well, that's because that young teenage girl just so happened to some reason piss him off. Well, he's walking by, and she happens to come out the house. It's a case of bad timing. Um, Which I just want to mention, this house looks extremely similar to the one in 2018 during the scene where he's walking through the neighborhood just killing random people. Yeah. This one looks like the exact same house. You know, you got your driveway going to the back garage. The door just happened to be right there. But remember, this movie is not canon in Halloween 2018. 
Yeah, it's not. So even though, but they use the same house. Well, the sequels aren't <laughs> canon, but they use a lot of shit from the sequels <laughs> in that in that series. But. And I just want to mention this: this teen girl's name is Alice. And the only reason I say that is just so I can say Michael killed Alice, so she can go to Wonderland. Ah, huh. So glad you got to say that. Jeez. I know. <laughs> I've been waiting three weeks to say that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Alice is talking to somebody on the phone. You know Sally. We you know who that is, though? About the murders. We know that. You know who Sally is, though? Hardesty? No. It's the the actress who played Annie from the first movie is the voice on the phone, actually. <laughs> so that she actually has a little fun cameo hair talking to her on the phone. So if you listen closely, you're like, oh, sure, that's Annie. So what you're telling me is... She came back as a ghost, possessed a girl named Sally, and then told her about what happened because she wants somebody to know what happened to her before she died? Yep. And okay. S- speaking of survival instinct, this girl's on the phone. She turns her the, the, the person on the phone tells her, like, hey, someone down the street got killed. She's like, oh, that's right. That's, that's two houses from here or whatever. She turns and sees the door open. <laughs> that's clearly a bad sign. Now, do you... From her kitchen, she can actually leave out the back door. Do you leave out the back door? Do you stay in the kitchen? Or do you walk towards the door that's been opened? I say, you know what? I'm white. I'm going to walk towards the door that's open. (laughs) Who's there? (laughs) Who is it? Who is it? And Michael's not playing. Michael, like, dives up and just, like, stabs the shit out of her, basically. That was a nice, quick death, but... That's where, where we already have more blood in this one than we did in previous. Yeah. And it, and again, the movie has what the first one did with the cool background shots. Again, you see Michael come in the house and find his little hiding position. But I don't see why she walked towards the door. That was just, <laughs> that's tr- truly 80s. She's 80s white. Horror, stupid girl stuff. So. Yeah, she, she was white. She, she was too busy drinking her pumpkin spice latte. Hey, don't you be dissing <laughs> pumpkin spice latte, all right? Um,. Now we get a bunch of meeting the, well, we're following Laura again, who's being taken to the hospital. The guy in the ambulance, Jimmy, happens to know her from school or something. So, Which, this guy is a creep. I mean, the, most of this movie, he's literally on her, like, why don't rise while she's in a bed, either trying to sleep or just... She's sedated most of the movie, but um, I think Jimmy takes the fact that he knows her and uses that to... Try to start a burgeoning romance, I guess. But just, just no. What they should have done is not killed Ben Kramer. Yeah, what the hell, man? What about Ben Kramer? Well, that's Ben Kramer, right? Ben Kramer. Either way, uh, that's only because he decided a one wrong day to wear a Michael mask, even though that Michael mask was blonde. Yeah. And where the hell? Why was that damn cop car coming down the street <laughs> at 90 miles per hour? That shit came out of nowhere. Because he saw the mask and went, die, motherfucker. <laughs> like, they kind of gloss over the fact that, like, this murder just happened in the street. Like, this car, I mean, maybe that's, like, not... Maybe he'll get off because he's a cop, but... So, I just, I just want to mention one thing. That was a truly so, what the hell scene. In this, so, in the beginning of this movie, we already see that there's a potential... That we already see that there's already news reports of the dead bodies, the three bodies in this house that's all in the upstairs. Yes. Uh, so you'd think Brackett, being the police sheriff, would know one of them was his daughter right away. Yeah, so it's true. Like, um, Or the fact that it literally, as the movie goes on, it's almost like it's completely new that they found these bodies at this point. 
because all of a sudden now you got the ambulance going to that house. We got people, we got the newscast that we were already listening to at that house. Like, well, here's the thing though. Okay. There's two members. There's two houses. There's the house that she was babysitting at. Tommy but there was no house. bodies in there. There's no body. All the bodies and everything are in the uh, at the house that Annie was babysitting. Yes. At. So when the cops first come, all that they're coming to the Tommy Doyle house, and that's where Lori's being taken out on the stretcher. So something has to happen. She has to say something, or something has to happen where they then investigate that house across the street to find the bodies. But so there would be some time there where like. Maybe Lori was like, oh, go look at the other side. But she looked like she was just like sedated. She looked like she had to know. So, so you're telling me that... The, even, even Loomis didn't really know about the bodies. <clears throat> so the house, so what you're it. telling me is the when Alice gets killed, being told about those three bodies in that house... Oh, yeah. That's, that would have had to have happened after the the some of the events that we're seeing? No, no, because that that's right. Loomis is literally saying, I shot him six times. As Michael's walking to the other house. Yeah. So I don't know how they found the bodies that quick. That doesn't even make sense. Because, like, again, they they would show up at the house that Lori's at and not really show up at the house that Annie was at. Yeah, because the phone call literally states that people have been murdered. But if you've only been to the house Lori was at, there was no murders at that house. There was an attack. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> and then and the fact is, okay, let's say somehow they do know about it. It's like... Yeah, wouldn't Bracken know about all this? He would be like one of the first people they call. We get like 20 <laughs> minutes of the movie before the guy's like, you know. Your daughter's dead. Yeah. And uh, then Bracken leaves and leaves us with deputy so-and-so. Which is interesting because I feel like I get that that had to happen because there had to be a reaction to his daughter dying. Uh, it'd be nice for him to be in the, in the entire movie, though. He kind of just leaves the movie at this point, which I guess is realistically how it would happen. But it would have been nice for him to be. It would have been interesting for him to kind of want revenge then. Because he would have had a decent kind of revenge story with him and Loomis already established somewhat partners. Well, it's kind of sad because ultimately, even though they were pretty cool in the first one, ultimately he seems to blame Loomis. He's like, damn you for letting him out. Yeah, that was another thing. He makes Loomis have to defend himself the, again. So the previous movie, he never really, he never blamed Loomis for Michael getting out. It was this movie the whole time. And I'm like, why is Brackett all of a sudden just randomly blaming him? Brackett was very chill in the first movie. He was listening to Loomis. Mm-hmm. He let him explain everything. Um, Loomis was right. He was there, and there were murders, so everything Loomis said was right. Mm. But yeah, but this movie's back to just like, damn you for letting him out. I'm like, he's like, I didn't let him out. Like, I, t- I told him to keep, I told him to sedate the motherfucker. <laughs> and then the other cop is me like, all right, man, is there anything else I can do for you? He's like, well, Michael still might be out there, so. <laughs> so um, let's get to looking. <laughs> and this and this deputy's like, okay. like, Well, this one's pretty chill, too, but I think he realizes that, hey. Um, like, I don't want more murders at this point. Um, yeah, well, we, it's a shame because he's about to get 10 more. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you get like a whole, Michael kind of disappears for like 15, 20 minutes in the movie here where it's like, we just meet the hospital staff and we follow Lori for a minute. And again, the whole Ben Trammer getting dis- destroyed by a car. <laughs> I guess he's never going to go on that date with Lori. So yeah, he's, um, he was just a toasty Michael. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and, he, and he was 17 years old. Like, why is he wearing a damn mask like that? I don't understand. Why is he trick-or-treating? Well, for, he, he was at a party. Coming from a party, okay. He was coming from a party. He was drunk as shit. That's probably why he exploded. 
He had so much alcohol in his system that, <laughs> that fire just ignited. <laughs> on contact. <laughs> that fire was immediately, that explosion was immediately. I was like, the hell? Uh, all but, right. Then we get the cool shot of the um, kid with the boombox, I think, right? Yep. Walking into Michael. And then we see one of the nurses that's going to be our vic- is going to be one of our victims leaving for the hospital as Michael just walks to the hospital. Yeah, I mean, as slow as Michael walks, it's going to take him all night to get to the hospital, but he's there like five minutes later. So, yeah, but here's another thing I got a question, and it goes along with the fact that Jimmy's probably the worst male lead we have outside of Loomis. I don't consider being him, a male lead. I don't consider him a male lead. I consider him just there. <clears throat> the reason I say that is because he doesn't technically die in this movie. He doesn't do anything. Yeah, he's, he's but uh, the reason I say he's probably the worst one. He's a creeper. He's always <clears throat> going after Lori. Like you should be waiting for a fucking call, my guy. Yeah. Uh, and second, he starts divulging to Lori the, the who the killer is, what he did, yada yada. I'm like, uh, that should be need to know information that she doesn't need to know right now. Right. That would just cause stress after she just went through some kind of surgery. Even though I'm sure it was really just stitches. Not like that, but all her all her friends are dead too. So yeah, so she attack, do, so. she doesn't need to know this guy's name just yet. Yeah. Uh, but we we both agree that Jimmy sucks. Yeah. Well, how about we get to Garrett's death, Mister Garrett's death, the okay. security guard. One, well, this guy has no reason to be a security guard. Well, I feel <laughs> like um, he investigated a little bit too much. Once he saw, I mean, I think at one point he calls for backup or something. He tries to call for backup, but. Knowing the events of the night, <laughs> I would be a little bit more alert about, hey, some weird shit's going on and there's been murders in the town. I wouldn't be gung-ho about checking all the different closets and, well, you know. Another another question I got is, why is the security guard apparently also able to work on phone lines? That's a specialty He's, that you got to learn to, you got to go to school for. And this guy. Yeah, he has three jobs. He's a security <laughs> guard, electrician. And dead body. And dead body. Because he gets a hammer to the face. It reminded me so much of that damn, maybe because it's kind of a very similar thing where like, uh, remember in that Friday 3rd movie where um, the cop went to Jason's little um, shack or whatever? <laughs> Didn't he get like a hammer in the head too, I yeah. think? Yeah. It's very. You got a hammer in the head and then Jason, and then Jason just grabbed him and pulled him somewhere. Oh yeah. This feels very similar to that. Um, Michael, by the way, this is where, <laughs> this movie again shows Michael's intelligence though. He systematically gets into the hospital and then slowly takes his hospital apart from the inside out. Um, and a lot of just stalking and a lot of him in the background, the shadows. I like all that stuff. It's kind of bold. It's kind of bold as shit to like, be like, I'm going to go in the hospital and kill everybody. I mean, God well, damn. here's another somewhat bold, but also somewhat calculating thing is so bud and nurse. I don't know her name. Um, they decided Let's to go just in, say the nurse. They go into <laughs> the hot, into the hospital hot tub. To do adult activities, we should say. Now, are they on the clock here? Because, yes. wow. They're on the clock. And Michael decides, you know what? I want them I want them separated. So he just turns up the dial to make it hotter. Maybe Michael's just killing the, the hospital staff because they suck at their job. <laughs> he wants well, to better that employees. Is, so. The nurse is actually supposed to be watching babies. She's supposed to be watching the nursery ward. Wow. So, Michael might be doing the world a favor here, man. Honestly, like I don't know, these aren't the most likable uh, cast of characters. Especially not Bud, but you know we always have to have that one guy 
So he goes to try and check on why the hot tub got hot and Michael strangles him. Yep. And then gets a scalding hot water, which somehow doesn't scald Michael's hand. Yes. How, how did it not scold his hand when he shoved his hand in that hot water as well? Because he's a wizard. He's not human. I'm pretty sure it should still scold his arm. I mean, you know. You know, he should have skin coming off his hands. Well, these are the things the director didn't think about. So. Apparently. Didn't care, for, didn't care to explain. So. Didn't care to explain how Michael just can handle so much damage without actual having damage. Uh, you know why? You know why? Because he's under the curse of Thorn. <laughs> That's forget. not even in this yet. I mean, it's technically it will eventually be in the canon, I guess. But <laughs> depends on what timeline you want to go by. So here's a real question: What's the significance of Michael going to the school? Well, and why did no one notice the giant blood Samhain symbol or not symbol, but word written on the blackboard before the cop mentioned it? I don't know. The school must be Michael's old school that he used to go to. Um, I think he was going there probably to try to kill his old teacher who probably put him in timeout. So his teacher wasn't there, so they decided to break out some crowns, some colored pencils, and play with the board and write some crazy shit on it. Yeah, well, at the same time, we also... I don't know why Michael cares about Sam Hain, but... Huh. Anyway. Talking about... Thinking about worst ways to die... A needle in the eye makes me cringe thinking about it. So, yeah, Dr. Mixter. For one, his name is pretty ironic. Yes. And two, the, uh, I'm guessing she's the cook. But the next, the the next step, the right after that, it's also pretty annoying because I hate needles going in any body part. Yeah. And again, he shoved it right in the temple and then pushed air into her, giving her a brain aneurysm. Oh. One, how does Michael know that pushing air into a blood vessel <laughs> could actually kill somebody? Listen, the man taught himself how to drive. <laughs> the man knows how to cut off the lights and the electricity. And now he knows how to do medical procedures. Well, Michael is a wizard, man. He's well, not human. Michael finally does something that makes me think he is an absolute monster. What? He kills pillows. What? How yep. dare he? I know. Pillows are meant for your head. They're meant or to be nice, soft. innocent, feathery things. Yeah. And he just straight up stabs the shit out of them. Like, Did this start the cliche of like, um, there's always a thing in the horror movies where like the killer stabs like the bed and like you think the person's in it, but then nobody's in there. I just at least five movies. Well, here's the next question I got is, so now he's walking around with a, with a scalpel. Yep. And he kills at least three people with the scalpel. How is it so damn clean Every time we see it. Hell, even when he stabs Loomis. Because Michael is actually also OCD. <laughs> so we always make sure that he does one quick, clean swipe every time. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what the fuck? Oh. I, the, the, the only problem with the, all the kills here is that... They're quick. They're quick, and you just really don't care about the characters. The yeah, especially since, you know, Mrs. Alves, one of the characters you probably, most people probably wanted to see die because she was a little too gung-ho and by the book. Yeah. Honestly, in my opinion, she probably saw what kind of a creep Jimmy was and was like, you stay the fuck away from her. So yeah. she she's okay in my book. Um, We didn't get to see her death, but apparently it was bloody because uh, Jimmy uh. slips, falls, hits his head like a dumbass. And gives himself a concussion, I guess, because he's later going to pass out in the car. Now, let's talk about the nurse who exits 
finds that all the car tires have been slashed and then decides to go back into the hospital. Yeah, the blonde nurse. So, okay. If somebody's cut all the tires, follow yeah. my logic here. Yeah. They clearly want nobody leaving the hospital. Right. So figuring that out, why would you go back in the hospital where the killer likely is? Especially what? since the hospital is still within walking distance in one night. Yeah. Wouldn't it make sense to stay in the wide open space and just run away? Like, I would just run out the parking lot. I, I would just walk away from the parking lot. Yeah. <coughs> and, and, and mind you, Michael is in the hospital. So if she just walked away, she would have went home and been fine. Her dumbass walks back in and then... And gets stabbed. And a very epic shoes fall off stabbing, by the way. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, if you're going to stab someone, make sure it's good enough to where there's, they're also, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of a perverted word, but I'm trying to think of it. So orgasmic that their shoes fall off. It's like kissing someone in a romantic comedy, you know. Well, there's you, a lot of, uh. When you got that kiss and the leg goes up, it's the same thing. There's a lot of theories that Michael is aroused by killing when he gets off. He gets off on it. Well, so, I mean, the uh, nurse boobs, he was caressing her right before he killed her. Yeah, but I think he was just, that was him just playing the part, though. So He didn't need to play the part, though. He didn't need to play the part. He could have just straight up murdered her right then and there. Yeah, but Michael likes to play with his food before it's, he's it. It's almost like he may have actually tried something with her. But she was already saying no because she had to get back to work. It's like, bitch, you already ignored those babies. They're probably all dead for all we know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he's planning to drown her in that point. <laughs> and that, uh, that yeah, but, she, but then she turns around, she screams, it pisses him off because he's like, I just wanted some love. No, that's so. what it is. Michael, all, all Michael wants is to kill his sister and feel love for the first time. Well, I think he's in love with Loomis, so. I mean, fair. Uh, so now we get our chase scene where Lori gets well, away. As 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 uninteresting as the middle part of the movie is for me in terms of the hospital staff, once we get back to Michael and Lori, this movie picks up, and I do love this whole chase scene. How? She gets away from him in like five seconds. Well, there's two things going on, though. First of all, Michael is walking too damn slow, <laughs> and she's moving so fast. Which is that, funny because, you know, her leg's broken. Yeah. I mean, again, you with two broken legs, you could still still get away from this slow-ass Michael. I mean, he's, he's walking like he doesn't have a care in the world about actually catching her. Um, the other thing is that they have those old-school elevator things where – the old-school elevator doors where, you know, Michael, Michael can put his hand into the door, which in today's world – would open the door. Yeah. But this time it just still fucking closes. Yep. It she should have died. Cut. She would have been dead in the elevator in today's elevator. So. Yeah. It would have been funny if that elevator actually crushed his hand. So then when he tried to chase her, he had to use his non-dominant hand, which would have made a little bit more sense. And that would have been funny if you heard like, ouch, my hand, <laughs> my hand. <laughs> like, open up the door. He's <laughs> like, hey, my hand. <laughs> Give me back my hand. Uh, that would be funny if Michael spoke. But um, yeah, she gets in the parking lot. And hides in a car again, hides in the car. Why, why not just keep moving? Like, I don't understand. Like if you're out in the open and you see how slow he's moving, he's not going to catch you. Um, I don't understand, but hides in the car until Jimmy comes. Well, let's go ahead and make a quick trip to uh, Loomis and the nurse from the first movie, because we do get a little bit of revelation of uh, finding out Lori's assist is Michael's sister. And which apparently John Carpenter wrote that while drunk on the toilet. 
Or was he high? It's a very polarizing thing in the series because half the fans hate it and half the fans are okay with this idea that Michael kills his family, has a connection to his family. But it doesn't make sense. In the first movie, he does kill his sister, so mm-hmm. it makes sense that he would now be killing his sister. The problems I have is in the very first movie, to line them up together, he just happens to see Lori. It seems like he follows her because she happens to come to his house. It doesn't seem like he is there in Haddonfield for his sister. Right. Um, so I'm not sure if it quite works. The other thing is, I'm not sure if you need in this movie. I think they were thinking, John Carpenter was thinking, I have to have a reason for him to keep pursuing Lori. Like, why is he going to the hospital? I'm like... Because she's already gotten away from him, and that's his target. <laughs> He's been focusing on her from the first movie. Why wouldn't he keep focusing on her? So I don't know if you need it. Also, here's another question. How would he be able to recognize his sister after, what, 15 years of huh. not actually seeing her? Because she was two before exactly. he went in to the hospital. And then she was four when her when the parents apparently died. So then from four to 17, yeah. It's kind of explained in the sequels because the same problem comes with uh, Jamie Lloyd in the sequels. He knows what she looks like. He's never even seen her. And they explain in the sequels that, like, part four or five, he has kind of a, a mind connection with his niece. So maybe some of that's going on with him and Lori where he can mentally something. But that's that's yeah. not in this movie. So it's Yeah, but also in part, if they mention it, I think it was in part five because even Jamie Lloyd had a kind of psychic connection to Michael as well in that. Uh, Jamie Curtis don't have no connection to him at all, except for he trying to kill me. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I I just don't know if this movie actually needs a sister thing. Like, okay, you need a reason for Loomis to think, oh, let me go to the hospital. But maybe Loomis, the same thing as Living Town, he's like, there's one last place I want to check. Like, let me check the hospital and just make sure that he didn't go there. I mean, I don't know. But I guess that's the whole thing is you need a reason for Loomis to, like, get to the hospital at the end. But... Yeah, well, or we could have just let him kill Lori because, you know, she kind of does something stupid in this next scene. After Jimmy passes out from, I guess, a concussion, uh, she sees Loomis, the U.S. Marshal, and the nurse go into the hospital while she's trying. She she starts crawling to him. Why why is she suddenly, like, unable to move? Why is she unable to speak? Why She's sitting there like, help me. I and know then that. the minute the door closes, help oh my bitch! It don't work after the door is closed. I, I didn't know her her voice had been disabled. So <laughs> yeah, for like the second until they shut help, the door. Help me! Help me! It's like seriously, woman, the, 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 screaming don't work after that door is closed. <laughs> uh I, yeah, I feel bad for the marshal a little bit because he's just here doing his job. Loomis hijacks him and makes him come to the hospital now. This fucking dude's gonna get killed. Well, this idiot though is like, oh, he's not breathing. Slate. It's like, yeah, he. Michael just heard Loomis say, well, he's still breathing. He's obviously still alive. So of course, Michael, being as smart as he is, is gonna be like, play dead. Yeah, I'm gonna like, oh, I just need to stop breathing. Okay. Yep. Slice his throat. So his throat, and again, somehow that knife comes out completely clean. By the way, what about uh, Super Michael walking through the door? Like what kind of sugar? What kind of soft sugar glass is this? Like he bar- <laughs> he barely touches it, and the, the whole thing explodes. Kidding me? He didn't do a damn thing to it. He just walked right up to. At least with Jason, whenever Jason busts through something, he's running for it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even like. You're right. He he slightly like kind of forced himself into it. 
but enough to break it like that. It's like, nah, that, th- this hospital's very... Uh, like, the actor playing Michael doesn't look like the biggest guy in the world. It's no. like a relatively skinny guy, so it's like kind of like, so I'm okay. So I'm still just wondering yeah. one thing. It's like, how is this hospital going to be able to protect people with a fat security guard and glass that not even you don't even need a bullet to shoot through? Bullet. Most hospitals has that kind of glass where if a bullet hits it, it's not going through. By the way, everybody's been to a hospital. Have you ever seen a hospital that has so few people in it and like feels like it's abandoned for some reason? Like, where the hell are all the patients? And like, Michael Bravo killed him. Hospitals are usually like loud, active places with people walking back and forth. Was that the entire hospital staff? Uh, For the night shift, I guarantee you, a lot of the morning shifts started coming into work that day. But the night shift is like ten people. Yes, the the hospitals employ like hundreds of people, at least like a hundred people. I think. Well, it is it is a small town. Allegedly, even though it takes you three hours to get from one house to the other in the same neighborhood. Biggest damn small town I've ever seen. It takes four hours to drive to a damn babysitting assignment. Um, Okay, I mean, this hospital seems very abandoned, is all I'm saying. Or Michael killed everyone in their sleep. I don't think Michael would kill the patients. He is evil, but I don't think he's that diabolical. Nah, he probably killed everyone in their sleep. I don't know, man. To To be fair, he did... Still go after a child in the and, later movies. And by the way, if the staff is all dead, aren't other patients going to die because they're not getting like yes. care? Yes. Like, who's going to bring medication to the, the guy in room 555 who needs the medication? So Morning like, shift staffed after, and then they find out he's actually dead. <laughs> Michael indirectly killed like a thousand people there. Yeah. Everybody in the hospital probably dead, too. So. Well, he probably went and stabbed them all anyway. I just don't. I can't see it. Because think about it. I guarantee you a lot of those patients also were... Probably still in a decent shape, decent enough shape that where if they heard screaming, they'd be coming out those doors. Like, what's going on? Michael doesn't strike me as something, especially in this movie. Michael's really killing people that are in his way, but he's not going out of his way outside of. He went out of his way to kill two people who were in a hot tub. No, but they were part of the staff. He had to get rid of the staff. Why would he give a shit? They were about to have sex. He's like, oh, well, I still got at least five minutes. Maybe for him, probably one minute. So let's be realistic here. Yeah. Um, he had to get, get rid of the entire staff because for some reason he felt like that was his way to get to Lori. To be fair, he could o- just walk into a room. So. The only person I feel like would have actually attempted to be to get in his way would have been Jimmy. And, you know, with him being a creep, I don't think anyone would have cared he died. He would have made quick work of Jimmy, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be like, Jimmy would have been like, hey, don't do that. <clears throat> Speaking of Jimmy, uh, Lori somehow becomes a marksman. Cuckoo clock. Oh. <laughs> um, well, listen, she has a gun. She has bullets. Luckily for her, she fires off two rounds that perfectly hit Michael in each eye. Well, are they really in the eyes? Because I did rewatch this movie today and prep for this. And he does kind of tilt his head back and you see the blood coming from above his eye down his face. I'm like, wouldn't there be holes in the mask? Is it possible that he's actually blind here because the blood has leaked into his eyes and he's just... Well, yeah, that would ma- that would make sense because we don't see him wipe it from his eyes. But, yeah. yeah, you can clearly see that the wound that he's bleeding from is not his eyes but above his eyes. Mm. Which also makes me wonder, with that kind of that kind of gun at that range, those bullets should have went straight through his head. I'm fine with him surviving it for some unknown fucking reason. Well, again, he's not... He's not human. 
I mean, we already see that his hand somehow didn't get scald scald by the scalding uh, by the way, hot water. By the way, he's in this movie. He's walking around having been shot six times, so he's already filled with bullets. Uh, I, don't think the, <laughs> I don't think the two bullets in the eyes are gonna be the ones that. Well, you know what? Shot. Finally, does him in. Loomis and Michael go boom. Yep, I think it's a creative ending because you kind of have Loomis sacrificing himself and Laurie basically diving out the room and. Well, I'm kind of fine with that part. What I'm not fine with is the whole. It, was it supposed to be intense? Michael just wildly swinging the scalpel. I'm like, dude, really, dude, just just hit something. Stop going in the round in a fucking circle at this point. <laughs> Plus, Michael, as smart as he is, just being like. <laughs> Letting sound basically make him like a dummy. He's like, right. oh my God, she must be over there. No, he must be over here. I would have been fine with him going after the first area he heard sound from. So he went straight for that, hit a wall because they already moved out of his way. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden it's just like he's constantly going around in circles, swinging the knife wildly. I'm like, punch a wall or something. God damn. Yeah. Was that supposed to be intense? Because I felt like. The only one part where he's actually directly over her, and it looks like he's actually about to like indirect, like just kill her by accident, kill her, and then Loomis turns the thing on. But which again is just like at that point, if he would have just kept going straight, he would have killed her. If he can sen- if he can feel her, if he can sense her, and that's how he knew that was his sister, he would have known she was dead in front of him. I I also think that as I think about it, at that point, Michael's blind and is wildly doing it. <sighs> I guess it's okay because Loomis actually is alive. and Actually, canon-wise, he actually survives this because he's in part four. But did he actually have to sacrifice himself? He could have just walked out the room at that point. <laughs> right. Michael's just in there blind and like, you have an easy way out. Like, what? I guess the idea was, you know, I'd rather kill him than leave. But well, no, I mean, also just go call for backup and then. I mean, we also get the fact that originally this was supposed to be the end of Michael in the Halloween series. This was going to be the end for Loomis in the Halloween series. This was a definitive ending. Cause... Though, I would have been a little bit more happier if, for the anthology series, it followed more Loomis doing different things mm-hmm. on ho- on a Halloween night. Yeah. Like, have Loomis go up against the cult in the third part versus Tom Atkins. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Donald Pleasant would have been down. He did. He did all the sequels. So, um, which apparently he only did these movies just because his daughter liked the music. I think that's the way he did the first one. But then I think he actually did like the character and felt um, some kind of connection to it. But yeah, Loomis, man, just walk out the room. Why, <laughs> why you gotta blow? Why you blowing yourself up, man? Well, how about we get to our category so we can f- blow up this podcast, this this whole thing? I'm gonna walk out the room. I don't want to blow up. Get out of here. No, you you blowing up with me. I'm not sacrificing myself to, well, to kill you maybe. I mean, that might <laughs> might be worth it to save the Mountain Dew supply on the planet Earth. So, ah, come on, we all know Jeremy will get to me before you do. Well, hopefully not. I mean, but I've gotten some weird phone calls. So, yeah. Well, did uh, did you so, get any maggots and chocolate yet? No, that's coming on Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Um, Christmas cookies though. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay. So categories. Best performance. I mean, it's always going to be Donald Pleasance because, like, <laughs> I mean, again, Jamie Lee Curse is barely in the movie, so I can't give it to her. And um, of all the side characters, all the hospital staff, like, nobody really stands out. Like, maybe they all, they all didn't get enough personality or screen time really to shine, but Loomis is the only one who's in the entire movie, so it's, like, it's kind of hard to. And then 
robot. I can't give it to robotic Michael. The <laughs> walking like is a damn like he's constipated or something. So, so I'm gonna be slightly controversial and give it to the uh, deputy so and so, just because. Oh yeah, he was doing a lot of things. I feel like cops would do in that kind of situation. They want to make sure that the person that was killed was actually Michael. They want to make sure everyone's safe in case it wasn't. He wants to make sure everything is moving along safely so no one else dies that same night. Yeah. Even, even though, though even though I miss Brackett, he was a good fill-in. And old, I would have liked him to be around more at the ending, too. Yeah, like, maybe have... He didn't need to die at the end, but I feel like he could have gotten somehow at the climax and maybe got knocked out somehow. I mean, I guess, theoretically, you could have used him in that martial role in terms of, like... Him going to the hospital with Loomis, and then... And Loomis wouldn't have had to hijack anybody. <laughs> but that would have been a bad way for him to die, though, in terms of just, like... I feel like they would have... He would have listened to, my, to Loomis being like, get away from him! Yeah, I feel like he would have had to have died in an actual con- conflict with Michael versus checking his pulse. <laughs> the, in the entire series, the whole series does a good job. Like, the cops really never die. Even, like, Sheriff <clears throat> Meeker in Part 4 doesn't die. Mm-hmm. Like... Michael really doesn't try to take out, like, a... Well, I guess he does kill the entire police force in part four, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just well, also remember, by, part By that five, time, he really, he really is superhuman by that time, so... But in part five, the Cult of Thorn dude came up and just shot the entire police station with a Tommy gun. It's so funny. We're to, we're to believe in part four that Loomis not only survived this fire, <laughs> but he's like has he has some some burn scars, but, I mean... He literally starts the fire that explodes the room. Yeah, he, like, he would be in pieces. He'd be in pieces. Like, it's one thing for Michael to be alive, but Loomis being alive, I mean... You, you'd think at least Loomis would have, like, maybe a robotic hand from maybe losing the hand that lit the damn lighter. I'm like, yeah, he would... Maybe he should have been in a wheelchair or something, but I mean, I'm glad we got Loomis back, but it's... If you watch this movie, you're like, oh, yeah, they're, these two characters are still alive. Just, <coughs> what? Well, how about this? Worst performance. I'm giving it to Robotic Michael. You think it's that bad? I I don't mind Michael in this movie. I think it's different from the first one. But, I mean... At least the Michael in the first one, it's reasonable that he can still catch somebody even walking. This one, I don't see how he killed a single person with how he walked. With how he walked, with how he acted, I'm just like... I feel like it doesn't seem like he's teleporting either. No, so I didn't see evidence, evidence of evidence of horportation. No, there wasn't. So I just like I understand he killed people because he snuck up on them, but if he didn't sneak up on anybody, he wouldn't have killed a single part. Maybe a fat guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michael has to operate in the shadows, so he's you know. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got to give it to Jimmy. <laughs> maybe we're piling on Jimmy too much, but um, no, he deserves it. He's a creep. But he just, um, I mean, it's just how the character's written. And then the fact that he's in the movie, but then has like no, there's no resolution to his character. Now, in, in a deleted scene, he's uh, in the, the t- TV version, he's in the ambulance at the end with Lori. Mm. They should have had that in the final cut because he kind of just disappears from the movie. And then his fate is kind of left open to interpretation. Looks like he just passes on the car from a concussion. But well, you can actually die from that, too. Yeah, maybe he's had a brain bleed or something, maybe. Yeah, because uh, if you act, there's a reason why doctors don't want you to go to sleep at least right away when you get a concussion. It's because there's times when you may not wake up because a concussion could be that bad. Yeah, and I, you know, <clears throat> just showing them that would have been nice because you, they have Lori being wheeled out, but you see nothing of Jimmy. You're like, uh, did someone check on him? He's still in the car. <laughs> um, he's probably still in that car. He he died of hunger. Yeah. 
And, and by he the probably way, mummified in that car too. <laughs> and, by, and by the way, to go back to part four, if, if Loomis was alive, you would think that at the end they'd be saying, "Oh yeah, we got one survivor still, like Loomis is still alive." But clearly, they're indicating they're dead. So. Yeah, because they even mentioned like how how many so far, and they say ten so far. So I was like, okay, I'm. Uh, I didn't really count, but I'm pretty sure Loomis would have been within that ten. Loomis and Michael. See, I don't think Michael killed ten people. Yeah, the other thing too is also in terms of I guess H2O seems really ridiculous here because H2O has this in the canon and the idea is that Michael got away here. <laughs> the man was burning to a crisp on the ground. We're meant to believe that the cops went in there and then he wasn't there. And don't forget Loomis technically was still alive still as well because that so nurse from the first two movies ended up his caretaker. Yeah, in all the different canons Loomis is alive. <clears throat> We don't know. We don't. We don't know what happens to him in the, the new series. But he died of old age. I guess. Well, I, I guess they actually listened to him after the first time. They kept Michael sedated yeah. until Sartain took over. Very interesting. But yeah, H two O seems really ridiculous because they're like saying Michael got away for twenty years. Like <laughs> the man did not get away here. He was burned to a crisp. So. <laughs> he he was recuperating. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go with Jimmy, but I think that. Um, I'm not as hard on robotic Michael as you are, but it, he's still better than some of the other Michaels in this area. So, well, they'll probably get it too. Yeah, probably. Alrighty, so best scene. Uh, this is actually kind of a hard one, but I'm actually gonna give it to the uh, security guard's death. Hmm. Uh, only because one, it's about the only thing I really remember, and I just watched the movie today. What the hell, man? <laughs> and two, it actually shows kind of the methodical uh, methodical thinking that Michael goes through in order to get his victims not only separated but also strategically strategically kills them so that way they can't fight him back because even though well, the security that, guard may not have been in the best shape I feel like he could have put up a good fight against this version of Michael well that's the only reason I was saying that Michael would have some chance against Jason is only because Michael would approach it very strategically. He'd be like, I'd have to sneak up on Jason. He's not going to just like stand face to face with Jason and try to fight him. He's going to like try to get him from behind or something or sneak up on him. So, but my, but Jason can't die. Jason <laughs> from the first couple ones can die. <laughs> Tommy Jarvis killed him. So you're talking about zombie Jason. Yeah. I'm, so, yeah. I'm talking about any Jason. <laughs> no, I mean, Jason from the first four movies. There's, imagine Jason getting stabbed by that little pick sticker. He <laughs> well, I'm not had. saying Michael is going to get the job done with a stupid scalpel. <laughs> He's going to need that like, big-ass knife or something. But Yeah, Jason would just turn around and just chop his head off right then and there. Anybody says that Michael can't deal with human Jason, my only argument is that little Corey Feldman killed Jason in part four. So, I mean, if he can do that, then... Yeah, but Michael's not going to sit there and make himself look like Jason to distract him. I just have to drag him. We can just sneak up on him. So. Michael also is not going to try to make sh- make sure he's been killing people for the entire night just so he's weaker. Because he used a lot of energy killing that entire house. What are you talking about, Michael? No, Jason? talking about Jason. Jason would have been slightly... Oh, Jason would have been winded. Get out of here. Jason was... He would have been winded. He was running fast as <clears> shit <throat> at the end of the movie. He wasn't winded. He was winded. I was not winded. He's, he's in better shape than most, but he you're, was winded. He, you're, you're, you're projecting excuses for why, but the fact is, Michael got him. He nah. got him. He got him. Nope. That's going to be a separate video, folks. We're, <laughs> we're going to do a video about Michael versus Jason, actually. But 
Um, all right. For me, best scene, I like, I mean, I'm a sucker for chase scenes. So even though Michael is moving 50 times slower than Lori and there's no way he could possibly catch up. And even though you have this stupid 1980s elevator that still closes my hand, <laughs> give me back my hand. I'm going to go with that chase scene that leads into the ending. It's all kind of one big thing, the ending. So I think that's where the movie is the most exciting. And I feel like on YouTube, I would, I would go back and watch the ending sequence more than they're seeing so so you're probably gonna hate me for this one but uh my worst scene is actually the climax of michael just wildly swinging that fucking scalpel <laughs> well, I, I don't what do you know want what, the man to do he can't see i don't know what that was supposed was that supposed to be intense was that supposed to be suspenseful because i just thought it looked ridiculous like michael you're smarter than this we've seen it multiple times in this movie and the previous why not just kill her Wait, 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 wait. What did you want him to do? He can't see. He still could have kept swinging forward. I would have been fine with him constantly going after the first noise he heard and then going in that direction and then hitting a wall. Okay, cool. Now he goes after the second noise he heard. Again, he's being more still strategic because he doesn't know if that person had moved yet or not. He knows there's two people in there. Yeah. So he knows there's going to be two separate noises I'm going to hear. It's possible the first person hasn't moved yet. The thing, the whole thing with him, the end sequence is like, yeah, I, I keep going back to him. Once he's blind, for Lori and Doc Loomis, you can just leave the room. <laughs> you can walk around him and leave and be okay. Right. There's really no urgency then to like, you know, blow him up or whatever, you know, but eh, it is what it is, so. All right. Well, what would you like to see changed in the movie or explored more? So, for me, I would have focused on two or three of the hospital characters Instead of having like five or six of them, I would have focused on two or three of them, gave them some more screen time to develop them, and then kill them. Just so you had, they just make the the middle of the movie with like the hospital staff. It's like just nameless characters being killed who you don't care about. Um, like if the hospital staff is likable in this movie or has more character development, then this movie becomes really good. But it's just unlikable, nameless hospital characters being killed. So. Yeah, well, me, it would have been to leave Sheriff Brackett in this and have him go through kind of a revenge tale. I thought you liked the other guy so much. I though. did you, like you the You gave other him guy. the best performance, I think. I so. did like, well, that's because Brackett wasn't in this. I did like the other guy, but at the same time, think about it. Bra- if Brackett was in there, we wouldn't have had a nameless U.S. Marshal get killed. We would have had Brackett literally charging for that hospital when they put two and two together. Would have had Brackett literally probably shoot the living shit out of Michael, including when he's down, probably reloaded and shot another clip into his face. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have had that whole blow up scene. Well, you wanted basically like the, what they did was more actually how it is in real life. He finds his daughter's dead. He's like, I got to go home to my wife. And he's just depressed. You wanted the son of a bitch. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get that son of a bitch tonight. Yes. And him back on the police car. Like, let's get him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the movie shit. But. <laughs> well, it, it's a fucking movie, so... If he's doing that, then I would need him to actually have a hand in killing Michael. Yeah. It would be weak for him to do that and then just, like, get his throat slit or something. So. No, I would have had him literally have a hand in killing Michael by shooting the living shit out of him in the face with another clip after, they dro- after Loomis dropped him. Yeah. Okay. And then, most likely, Michael cuts his, leg off, cuts his foot off and then starts stabbing him in the face. Because Michael's definitely not human in this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, on one more, one thing I want to change. I would give her that whole fucking Ben Tramer scene. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a weird, random thing for this dude 
to get fucking hit by that car at 90 miles per hour. And hell, I still feel like... I didn't see him coming. Like, why were you driving 90 miles per hour, dude? And still, I feel like Lori would have ended up with Ben Tramer before she ended up with Creepy Jimmy. Yeah, true. And you know what's funny? I would have had that dude Paul from the first movie play some kind of role. Oh, no, he did in, in Friday the 13th Part 2. I know eventually he went on to become like a camp counselor and all that, but <laughs> I would have liked to see it. I mean, Andy was coming to see him at his last thing, so you would think he would be like arriving on the scene to see what's going on or something. So It was it was one of the background people. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, but... He was, he was wearing the Michael mask. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, most people's complaint about the movie, I think, is that there's not enough Jamie Lee Curtis, but... If she's going to the hospital, there's not much you can do with her, I guess. But No, the only way you would have more of her is if when the movie took place right after him, after Loomis was shooting him, Michael was still pretty much went after Lori when Loomis left her. Yeah. So she would have had to run out of the house. Right. And then we would have had pretty much one whole movie of her being chased and him just killing people on the way. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. So... When I was younger, I used to like this movie a little bit more than the first. But to be honest with you, more now, than the first one, wow. yeah. But now that I watch it nowadays, honestly, the movie is actually slightly a little, slightly more boring. Just because Michael is a little less intimidating with this slow ass robotic walk and his little pig sticker. I don't know why he got rid of the big ass knife he grabbed at the beginning. Uh, he, he wanted to challenge himself by using the smallest weapon possible <laughs> to see if he could still kill <laughs> no, Not only that, but uh, how, how he gets so much damage from bullets, but yet uh, scalding hot water doesn't work on him. That still does. That still should have done damage to his body. I can Maybe after the scene, he's like, hold his hand, like, shit, that really hurt. <laughs> we just didn't see it. So. Uh, a chase scene was boring. The climax to me was just ridiculous. And... That chasing was not boring. I that chasing was boring because. That was a great chasing. What are you talking about? Michael was. A, it was literally like the chasing in 2018. She runs, but Michael didn't actually chase her. <laughs> he does chase her. He <laughs> takes a long time to get there. <laughs> Which the whole time she's in the car, it's so funny. It's like 10 minutes goes by, and then Michael pops up. Right. He's like, hey, I'm still here. I finally caught up. Now, so. I will say this when the cook dies. Now, I know they technically use this kind of shot in the first movie in the around the climax, but. Yeah. They use the same shot sort of when the cook's death by Michael's face just slowly illuminating in the background. Right. That's actually a pretty nice shot. I do like how the movie is shot for the most part. I did like there was a little bit more kills. You know, could have actually liked the people a little bit more. The, the movie looks good. It's, it's the same. <clears throat> Dean Cunley is the guy who did the uh, cinematography, the DP for the first one. So he's mm. back on this one. So. It looks like the first movie. Yeah. So. so the movie looks good. I like the score a little bit better in this than I did the previous. That score is great. That score kicks. As, especially at the beginning when Loomis is like, you don't know what death is. And then you cut right to the score. It's a great opening. I did. I did. Still oh, li- beautiful use of the Mr. Sandman song, too. <laughs> yeah, Mr. I, Sandman. I did, like, I did still like Loomis. I like the cops. Didn't care for Lori because, well, she, did, she wasn't even the main character. So there's no point in me caring about her. And I didn't care about the fact that Michael was after her because she was his sister. So overall, I'm going to give this movie a two. It's kind of middle in the barrel for me, but still decent watch. I'm not as down the movie as you are. <laughs> um, there's a lot I like about it. I like the atmosphere. I like, I don't hate robotic Michael. I like Loomis. I do like the early kill with Alice. 
And I do actually like the whole chase scene, climax, the end sequence, I think is great. I think it would have been a proper ending for the series if that was the actual ending. It would have been a good ending. Um, but at the same time, under a critical eye, I just hate how the hospital staff is underdeveloped and like you just don't care about them at all. They feel like just waste of space, pretty much waste of screen time. Um, and... Gotta hate and, Jimmy. And, and my, this is more of a, a typical slasher. It's like less... The first movie was like, you know, suspense, tension, build up to kills. This one's just, you know... I think the thing is going off. It is. But it's so low, that's really not, it's not distracting. Not it's just... <laughs> yeah. Why aren't uh, you praying, huh? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's my parents' thing, not me. Um, so I'm going to still go two and a half stars. I think it's a good movie overall. I think it's a good sequel. It's one of the better Halloween sequels, I think. Um, and it does go good with the first one. I think as a standalone, it's not great, but as a follow-up to the first movie, it's pretty good. I mean, like I said, even though they, they abandoned a lot about what made the first movie special in terms of the suspense and they went more the Friday Thirteenth route with like the gore and stuff like that. I mean, Michael's just not as a good of a killer as Jason in terms of like the death scenes are just not going to be as fun as a Friday Thirteenth Friday Thirteenth movie. So if you try to do like a Jason style for Michael, which obviously they did in Halloween Kills, also just not as fun as when Jason's killing people. <laughs> but I'm gonna go two and a half stars. I think it's one of the better sequels, and uh, we'll see how the rest of the sequels shake out. With Season of the Witch coming next. That's going to be very interesting because it's obviously not Michael. So I wonder if our, our reaction is going to be, where's Michael? Or is it going to be like, eh, I don't miss him. We'll see. Yeah, probably not. We'll see. All right, folks, until next week. And as always, y'all don't have to go home, but it is definitely time to pray. So make sure you get on your knees and pray for an actual good Halloween movie coming out. That is something you should pray for, but probably will not be answered because evil died yesterday or last week, last month, two months ago. <laughs> evil died for some time, and I don't know if it's going to be resurrected anytime soon. Hopefully not with resurrection. Hopefully not. Hopefully not with resurrection. No. And if, when it comes back, it's going to be called Halloween. <laughs> it's going to have the same damn name. You motherfucker. For the fifth freaking time.